That was Cosmetic Brain Surgery by the band KFK playing us in today. Welcome to episode 9 of Goggins and Friends. Have a neat episode lined up today as we bring Kelsey Milholland in for a conversation. Kelsey is currently the AVP of CRA at Oak Star Bank and has had an interesting career so far. She's held a lot of different positions, doing a lot of different great things through her work with the bank and the Habitat for Humanity. Kelsey was kind enough to spend time with me to talk about her experiences that led her into CRA, what recommendations she has for people looking at new opportunities, and her thoughts on the new Hogwarts legacy. Hope you all enjoy this episode and learn it from Kelsey. Hey, Kelsey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? It's good. I'm doing well. Doing well. How about your day? Yeah, it, it 3.30 came faster than I thought it would. <laughs> <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. How was your weekend? That was pretty good. Um, we've been playing a lot of the new Hogwarts Legacy. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh, such a, I, I haven't played it, but I've got friends that have been ranting and raving about it for, I was going to say like forever, but it just came out, what, like two, three days ago? Um, Yeah, it came out. Oh, sorry. I, it is Monday, so I work from home today. So. No worries. You're good. You're good. No judgment whatsoever. <laughs> um, But yeah, no, I had, I have the Switch and my fiance um was going to get me the, the new game for that but that was before they pushed it back okay um and so they pushed it back for the switch up until like july of this year oh and i didn't know the switch version got pushed back yeah so no. that one i think the ps4 version got pushed back until april so oh, my fiance bought me an xbox to play on <laughs> man i wasn't upset about it i was like right if that's not um, love i don't know what is get a whole new system just for the game yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome so it worked out (laughs) yeah there you go so now like how far into the game are you i'm pretty far um i am level i think 17 or 18 okay so it tells you how many hours you've played. I, I don't play a lot of video games. Yeah. I'm going to say that right now. I don't play a lot of video <laughs> games, but I played about like eight hours yesterday. Just oh, yes. Up, up until Super Bowl, I was playing Harry Potter <laughs> Legacy. Or sorry, I keep saying Harry Potter, Hogwarts Legacy. Hogwarts Legacy. No worries. Not semantics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm like, Harry Potter's about. not in it, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, big question. What, um, what house, house, not school, what house did you wind up going with? So I always test as a Ravenclaw. Okay. Um, but Ravenclaw actually had the least amount of quests okay. and their common room wasn't that great. So I actually picked Hufflepuff. Oh, interesting. So okay. very, lots of green. It kind of reminds me of like Lord of the Rings inside their common room. Lots okay. of circle doors, plants everywhere, and they also get to go to Azkaban, so that's why I wanted to Whoa. <laughs> do Hufflepuff, because you can go visit Azkaban. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Excellent choice. Not what I would have guessed. I wouldn't guess anyone would pick Hufflepuff, but you've got some strategic reasons going out to Azkaban, some nice colors. Yeah, I feel like Hufflepuff is normally kind of bottom bottom of the list that people would go to, but you it's know, a sleeper. It- it is, but a lot of people have picked it because 
they just they made Hufflepuff the house to be in and so that's <laughs> that's what I chose <laughs> there you go Hufflepuff is like orange is the new black Hufflepuff's the new black it's cool now kind of feel like kind of tell who's the true fan yeah if you just kind of write off Hufflepuff you've got some learning to do exactly <laughs> oh, that's great what a great way to spend the weekend too and you talked about going up to the Super Bowl so you're in Springfield Missouri I would assume Chiefs fan then oh yes okay well Definitely. congratulations what a game yesterday it was so good it, it was it was touch and go there yeah for a minute um and after that doink on the on the field goal oh my goodness man I <laughs> <laughs> all of us were like if we lose <laughs> yeah if this is it yeah oh my gosh that's what my mom said yesterday too watching she said i don't care who wins or loses but i hope if the chiefs lose it's by more than three points because she hates when it comes down to the kicker and they miss one like i don't want yeah. to fall on that guy's shoulders oh man yeah. but yeah congratulations what a what a solid game to watch back and forth high mm-hmm. scoring which was good and the chiefs pulled it off great to see yeah they were so evenly matched too going in so that's what made it a good game for sure it wasn't going to be like a blowout and there I feel like for me like all right there's times where I want to see like just a defensive battle um but yeah not in the Super Bowl I'm looking for a high scoring game so that was happy to see that was the case yesterday exactly (laughs) yeah for sure well Kelsey thank you so much for taking the time to do this I appreciate it I know that I had reached out to you at first because I saw that you were at the CRA colloquium which I was also at I don't think we crossed paths out there but there was a lot of people out there, but I was going through and I'm like, okay, you, you've been at Oak Star for what, like 10 or 11 months now? Uh, yeah. Since May of last year. So yeah, about nine, really nine months, nine months. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Got, it. Got it. So I was reaching out I'm like, okay, saw that you're in CRA, obviously in capture, we work with different banking compliance groups and CRA being one of them. So you came, was like, oh, Looking at Oak Star. Oh, Kelsey's over CRA. Oh, let me look through here a little bit further, see what else she's done. And then I saw two different Habitat for Humanity groups that you've worked with as a part of it. And I had some friends in college where they were big into it. So I'm curious about your start. Like what led to you becoming involved in Habitat for Humanity? Yeah. So that's a funny story. I actually went to school, uh, college for uh, an international business degree. And I thought I'm going to work for a fortune 500 company uh, overseas. I'm going to be an expat, all of this. And then, you know, after the tornado hit in Joplin, because I I lived in Joplin, uh, I moved there right before it hit in, uh, yeah, in May of 2011. So, you know, after seeing the community come together and really, really build it back up, um, that made me fall in love with Joplin. I didn't like it before. Joplin was not a go-to place. <laughs> you know, it wasn't the go-to place, but I really loved the community and loved the people. And so I got involved um, with the Habitat there as an AmeriCorps member originally. Okay. And so, and I loved it still. And even after my contract was up, they actually hired me on full-time as the volunteer coordinator. Um, and then eventually I oversaw, uh, exterior repairs, uh, for, for Habitat and Joplin. Um, and it just kind of evolved from there. Like I just, I was there for five years in Joplin 
and my family's here in Springfield. And so I decided it was time to move back. And um, I they, luckily they had a position open at the Habitat in Springfield. And oh, okay. so it was actually for grant writing, which is kind of funny because I didn't really know a whole lot about grant writing at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it, it did involve neighborhood engagement and I loved working with people. And so I got involved with that did that for four years and um it kind of came to a point where i love nonprofit work i love working with the homeowners there and all of the clients but it definitely came to a point where i was getting a little burnout on it and i think that happens a lot with people who work in any nonprofit you come to a point where you've done it for so long you get a little burnout and you need something different and one of my uh, friends had actually sh- suggested this position that I'm at now and they knew my supervisor Robin and they're like oh man Robin's so great Robin's so awesome you should check it out and see what it's about and um, so I said okay you know I'll apply got a call for an interview I was so nervous because I'm like I don't know any banking <laughs> anything I mean yeah I have an international business degree but did I really use it <laughs> yeah right yeah this piece of paper that says I learned about it but yeah yeah I'm like I did a lot of sales jobs in college but did I didn't really use it you know from a nine to five job yeah and so uh but what Robin liked about me was my history with nonprofit work and understanding just how that side of uh the world works, especially in our community here in Springfield, because my focus uh, at Oakstar is community development. So I focus strictly on um, working with the nonprofits, the donations, the community development loans, services, things like that, and doing the write-ups for our examiners. So that's where my grant writing came into place. Um, So it all just kind of worked out where Robin's like, you can learn banking, you can learn all that stuff, she said it's kind of hard to teach someone who can write and look and who wants to look at data all day. Yeah. <laughs> and so I said, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just a big transition from one thing to the next. And I loved my time at Habitat. And I there are some days where I'm like, man, you know, I I think about all the stories of working with certain homeowners and I actually I still talk to my old boss in Joplin quite a bit and he was sending me photos of one of the homeowners he was with last week and Belly oh she's she was a treasure but um yeah I you know it was a great time in my life and I loved I loved Habitat and I loved what they do um I mean they still do great things mm-hmm. I just can't say that I'm a part of it anymore. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds, I mean, you were, you bounced around to two different habitats mm-hmm. and very cool also. Cause you said your family's in Springfield. Did you grow up in Springfield too? I did. Yes. Okay. So yes. that's gotta be cool. I would imagine where you're going out, you're helping the community, not just that you moved to, I mean, in the Joplin case it was, um, but in Springfield, like you grew up and these are probably like streets that you like used to like bike down or drive down when you first got your license and then like, oh yeah, like I could be making in like, these are the houses that I'm now making an impact in this community for. 
like that's cool to see like the upbringing of where you grew up and see how it's changed throughout the years and like you're an actual part of that now yeah it was it it was kind of cool when i moved back because there were certain areas that had really changed since i had moved away and because I was gone for, you know, about seven or eight years. And so coming and seeing all the changes that had been made since I had left um, and then seeing then I worked with this particular neighborhood on the north side of town uh, called Woodland Heights. And uh, we got to do some pretty cool projects and really improve it. We got new playground equipment, partnered with the parks department. Uh, and I didn't I don't know if you know this playground equipment is expensive. I did not know that. <laughs> I, mean, it, I we it was a hundred thousand dollars for. I mean, it's not a small. It's not a small like playground set, but it's not that big. It's about an average size that you would probably see at an elementary school. Okay. Um, hundred thousand dollars, because the new thing that they're doing is putting tiles, those rubber tiles, down on the bottom. Oh um, yeah. The uh, playground sets. So no more rock, no more mulch. Yeah. Um, so, and it. Is that the majority yeah. of the cost? These rubber tiles? Yeah. The foundation for the playground equipment. Yeah. It was probably the, I would say it's about $45,000 just for that. <laughs> and then the rest of the cost was the actual equipment. Jeez. I couldn't believe it. I no. was like, <laughs> I was like, we can't get more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. I I'm positive that I've probably seen a couple hundred thousand dollar playgrounds, but had no idea what they were. Cause I would have mm -hmm. been like a hundred thousand dollar playground. That sounds awesome. That sounds like it would be like the size of a football field or a basketball court. Yeah. I, yeah. You're right. It's probably a lot less than what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. If you want to, if you want to like a big one, that's going to make a uh, like huge impact, probably get $500,000 just right there. Jeez. So. Jeez. And then with that ratio, $500,000, but you're paying, what would that be? $225,000 worth of just rubber tiles to line it. Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I have seen, I was at one or two playgrounds and I was hanging out with my cousins and little nephews and nieces and stuff like that. There was one yeah. playground that had just little like, um, little like bits and pieces of just rubber tires that yeah. was the filling I'm like I've never seen this before I remember and I'm sure when you were a kid as well like geez yeah you you don't fall off the monkey bars because you're gonna like you're gonna get like mulch or wood chips on your knee or rocks on your rocks in your shoes like, yeah, mm -hmm. not the case anymore yeah I actually used to work in an elementary school in college and I remember when they were switching over from the rubber or from the rocks to the rubber bits that you're talking mm -hmm. about and they all just kind of mixed in together and those those rubber bits get in your shoe worse than the rocks do oh, really? I'd go home and I'd be dumping dumping all kinds of rubber and rocks like mixture just out of my shoe every day <laughs> it was, it was so <laughs> oh geez well yeah that's Learn something new every day. I learn about the ridiculously overpriced playground equipment that I did yes. not know about. Yeah, I'll definitely not look at a playground the same way again now, knowing how much money went into that. That's cool that you were able to be like a part of the community development and impact there in your role. And so what are some of the things now that you get to, it's a different capacity, I would imagine, going from the habitats 
over into Oakstar and community development for CRA. But I would imagine there might be some carryover there where you're still actively involved with the community and seeing some of the different impacts and stories that I'm sure you've heard. Are there any cool moments that stick out to you there? Oh, from switching at Oakstar? Yeah, like since you've been at Oakstar, like any neat like stories or things that you've been able to be a part of across the community still? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's been, it's really nice to see the, uh, the connection between the two different positions. Um, I know, funny, funny story, uh, Oak Star and Mount, uh, Mountain Grove is actually supporting playground equipment for the kids there. And oh. they're planning to have a ribbon cutting later on this year. So I'm, I'm really excited to see that come to fruition. Um, and then even some, you know, working with certain uh, like home ownership opportunities. Uh, so we have a program uh, called Restore Mortgage okay. at Oak Star. And it, it is specifically geared towards LMI individuals to help them achieve home ownership, especially in those large metropolitan areas like Kansas City, Mm -hmm. Springfield, um, where those home prices are just skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just, I mean, we had just started the program not long before I started actually. And we're able to find a, a specific loan uh, officer to oversee those specific loans. Oh. So that's, so he's finding the uh, different families working with realtors trying to get more homeowners involved with this program because um, the requirements are a little bit different from our typical mortgages. Um, but we want to still, you know, we want to still keep it affordable and keep it, um, you know, it was, what well, was just, I'm just going to say, it's just great that we were able to, I'm able to still be a part of homeownership yeah. in that way and impacting those people who kind of fall in between the gap because a lot of time when I worked at Habitat, there were some people who they made too much to get a house through us, mm -hmm. but they didn't make enough to get a mortgage, a traditional mortgage through the bank. And okay. so being able to like kind of fill, find a way to fill that gap. Yeah. With this program is really nice. Um, so to me, that's, that's been a huge thing. I, I honestly can't tell you how many uh, home loans we are up to. The last I looked, we were at 11, which I feel like, is, I know it's more than that. that was, this was a few months yeah. ago. So it's it's nice to see that impact and still uh, affect, uh, impacting home ownership in a different way. Right. And filling that gap. So yeah, just like providing, now it's kind of providing access to the opportunity. And it sounds like the people that you're working with now, it's not working with your current customers or members in a different way. It's like you're working with new customers or members in a way that they probably wouldn't have access to otherwise because they fall in that gap, like you had said. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. That's really cool. That's fun. So what drew you, obviously you talked about your journey to joining Oakstar and becoming a part of CRA and heard great things about your manager, which is awesome. I, from my experience, that makes a world of a difference. You've got a great manager. You're excited to work with their collaborative, all those things, which is great. But curious about, like, was it just the kind of the manager 
and great reviews that you heard from your friend that drew you to the actual CRA position itself? Or was there something else alongside that that drew you to want to focus on CRA and community development? Well, another thing that drew me was being a grant writer. You know, I was always asking for money uh, Mm -hmm. when I worked at Habitat. And so it's kind of nice to be on the other side of things because I understand, you know, what nonprofits are going through mentally when they're asking banks or anything like that for money. And so I did have as I did have an understanding of what CRA was. One of the few things I knew about banking, I did know what CRA was before I got the job. <laughs> That's good. I did, I did understand that. <laughs> so yeah, what really drew me was being able to uh, be more of a funder versus an asker of money. <laughs> So that was kind of nice. I'd always, you know, as a grant writer, I'd always thought, man, I really do want to work for a foundation or a funder of some kind and some capacity. And this position opened up and I was like, well, here's my chance to be able to help not just one organization, uh, but multiple. And in certain cases, making a larger impact. So, I, I mean, that was a big thing that did also draw me to this position is just being able to really uh, do more than just home ownership, you know, also impacting um, feeding families, clothing children, um, all different aspects and also economic development opportunities, you know, like multifamily housing, um, adding new businesses to uh, distressed and underserved areas. And so that, that to me, it was just like, that's really cool that I can be a part of things like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, and like you said, it just broadens your horizons, I can imagine, because, and it doesn't at all diminish the impact of just home ownership or the work that Habitat does. But I would imagine it's cool, like, okay, I've kind of like, this is the world that I've been in for a long time, just the housing kind of environment, but it's cool to see like there's so many other things that are out there. So like you said, I would imagine it adds to the variety where it's not the same thing every day. It's like, no, I'm learning about mm-hmm. this opportunity and this opportunity. That's gotta be just exciting to wake up in the morning. Like, this is what this is what I get to do. And then are all like the projects that are asking for funding from Oakshar, are those all local to the Springfield area or are they pretty far spread out? They're spread out all over um, our regional area. Okay. Uh, we are located in Kansas City, on the Kansas and Missouri side, that surrounding area. We're in Mountain Grove, Missouri, um, on the further east side of the state, or closer to the east side of the state. And then uh, also in Joplin, Springfield, and then kind of like towards the middle uh, like Urbana, Hermitage, I don't okay. know, very small, small uh, rural areas. Yeah. And so we kind of have a variety of uh, demographics that we work with at all of our locations, which is really nice. We're not just located in just like highly metropolitan areas. Yeah. So. I imagine you get to serve a lot of different walks of life too, with different unique needs. Like I would imagine an organization that's serving people in a metropolitan area would have very different needs than an organization that's serving folks in more rural areas, same with suburban areas. So that's cool that you're kind of opening it up to being all inclusive of 
different walks of life that would be needing your assistance and support. Exactly. Yeah. That's cool. That's great. So you're, like you had said, nine months into CRA at Oak Star, first, first job in a bank outside of Habitat. Like it's something different. It's something new. You came in, like you had said, no real banking experience. Um, you knew CRA coming into it, which is a good start, but that's kind of <laughs> where it ended. So curious then how you, how you got up to speed in that role, because I would think in coming into a role, like I, I'm in a sales position, but I knew nothing really about sales. Like I took maybe two or three courses in sales in college, my senior year, but that was like really it. I didn't do any like sales internships. So then when I I started working at a company called Gartner that does IT research and advisory. So I'm like, I knew nothing about IT. Um, mm-hmm. Also working with healthcare IT leaders. I do annual checkups, but that's like the extent of my like healthcare knowledge. I'm like, I don't know how to start <laughs> building. And it just seems like overwhelming the information to gather to actually get started. I know it's a different process for different people that they go through. I'd be, I'd love to get your perspective on what your kind of ramp up process look like for learning about what working at the bank is like? Yeah. So when I first got there, you know, my supervisor, Robin, she was like, I want to be as kind to you as possible, you know, read over um, these documents, read over modernization, uh, all that fun stuff. And after about a week of reading, I'm the type of person where I have to do something for me to fully understand how it works. I can read about it all day, but until I actually do it, um, I'm not going to fully understand what it is um, that I need to do or all the rules and things like that. So after about a week, I called, I called Rob and I said, hey girl, <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate you not bombarding me with all these assignments, but I'm like, give me something, give, <laughs> give me work, give me something. And so, um, and so I just kind of jumped in head first um, and I started researching different things um, and just, you know, comparing our CRA program to other CRA programs uh, in the area. And just really, really once I started diving in into like creating documents and researching organizations, then I really got it and Mm. I started go, go, go. Um, and we have a team of three at my bank for CRA, um, which is great because we can all bounce things off of each other. Or if we need help with something, I can ask either of my teammates and they are more than happy to help. So that honestly was a huge, uh, weight lifted off my shoulders. I had no issues asking them, uh, for assistance when I was stuck on something and I probably wouldn't have made it without them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fantastic though. Just to have some people that you can lean on that have been there a mm-hmm. little bit, even if, even if they haven't been there a long time, they've at least been there a little bit longer than you seen a few more things. It's like, okay, Hey, and then you can ask them questions like, Oh, I remember when I was first starting out, here's what I would probably do in your scenario. That's great. Exactly. That's right. That makes a huge difference. That's awesome. You had said that you had talked with Robin about, and she was teaching you about CRA modernization. So I'd be curious to get your thoughts on that because in Capture, we're having conversations with a lot of different CRA and compliance teams. And some of them, like they're having, they're preparing to do a lot of different things ahead of modernization to account for some of the changes. 
Uh, but I'd be curious to get your perspective on, you know, what you and the Oakstar Bank are thinking in terms of modernization. You know, it's definitely our team is really on it and really keeping track of what steps modernization is at at the moment. Um, we haven't really pushed it towards the our you know loan officers yet because we don't want to stress them out too much. You know, because we don't know. We just don't know what's going to happen. I mean, um, I <laughs> modernization. You know, after learning, <laughs> after learning all uh, you know one thing, and then knowing, oh, I'm going to have to really relearn it all. <laughs> but knowing <laughs> I'm not going to be the only one in that boat, so <laughs> it's true. Be a little bit better. But yeah, I mean, there's there are some things that I do see a benefit with modernization that includes more services, uh, community or community development services um, and donations, like things that would count, like infrastructure, infrastructure is huge. So that'd be mm -hmm. great that if, if we could start counting that. Um, but to a certain extent, I think there's certain parts of modernization that uh, I think got a little too complicated. Okay. Um, and so I think that I'm not sure if, I'm not sure why they felt the need to change certain things so much. Um, because there are certain things that do work. Uh, I like that they want to expand mm -hmm. on what's already been built, but I don't think they need to completely change, you know, certain requirements and income percentages. Cause that just really makes it too complicated in my opinion but yeah until until it comes out you know i can't right i can't complain too much about it you know what i mean right who knows it's what will change between now and then exactly exactly yeah. who knows what will happen <laughs> right and you and your team uh, your team that you're a part of you three and plus robin are there been conversations kind of in the similar topic of cra modernization this pending thing that's out there about 1071 at all too has that been a common discussion point for you in the group yes we have definitely we know that 1071 will most likely go into effect fairly soon um and we are prepared for that to happen we know it will impact us <laughs> for, <Yeah. laughs> for sure we are ready for it we are we are preparing for it you know um, yeah. we're getting our ducks in a row to make sure that we're ready for that to come our way um, and ready to retrain all of our <laughs> loan officers. So, uh, you know, we're, we're ready for it, but I 1071 doesn't scare me as much because um, I think it's going to affect one of my coworkers more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Modernization is more scary to me <laughs> than 1071. <laughs> <laughs> so but it, it'll be a, it'll be a fun transition so it'll, <laughs> something yeah, fun, new it won't get fun boring. And probably some other some other colorful language is what i've what i've heard from some others to describe 1071 and modernization the changes that they're going to bring it's just like just shaking up a lot of teams and a lot of banks that we speak with and some of them i know that some of them are going through they've got they're forming different committees um, for CRA in 1071, some are having to hire and bring on additional staff. Like you talked about, Oakstar has got your ducks in a row as far as 1071 goes, which is good. But I'd be curious, maybe some of the things that you, Robin, and the team have focused on that you think were helpful in getting to this point. 
Um, we, we really did, uh, watch a lot. We kept, we, we kept up with a lot of those ABA calls, um, to, that's something that I did from the get-go from when I started. Um, and, but also I, my second day I started, uh, the CRA, uh, training with Linda. I don't know if you, um, Azuka, is that her last Azuka. name? Yes, I can yes. never. I, yes. I always forget her last name. Yes. Um. So I did that like my second day, and and so I got a lot of information from that. And and Robin, my supervisor, also went through the same training, and she okay. um got her CRAPE training. Um, <laughs> they added the E. It used to just be crap. <laughs> <laughs> But then they're like, maybe we should add the E to it. So it's yeah, crepe. Just... People like crepes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crepes more than crap. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, you know, I think going through that training really helped me see other banks and learning what resources that they're using to keep up with the notifications and just the changes that are going to happen and really talking with other organizations and banks. Um, to see like, hey, what are you doing? And really collaborating. Because at the end of the day, it's like with compliance, it's not really a, a battle. Like who's going to comply the best? It's, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, we all, we all want to be on the same page and uh, I want to see my fellow bankers succeed. I don't, I, I have a lot of friends who are in banking and I want them, I want them to know that I'm in their court and they're in mine. And yeah. Um, so really like just sharing resources and information and just knowledge of how they're doing things. And I think that's, to me, that's helped a lot. And especially at the conference, uh, you were talking about how you went to, you were mm-hmm. also at the um, conference last November, I think all of us had hoped that modernization would have been in effect by then. Uh, (laughs) uh, but that didn't happen. So (laughs) yeah, so here we are. So maybe this year. (laughs) Yeah. Fingers crossed. Yeah. 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 And they're having the conference again. Yeah. Um, So fingers crossed this November or this October. Well, (laughs) That'll be the forum there to ask some questions and get everyone's thoughts on it. Exactly. Yeah. So I think honestly meeting, I met so many uh, people and with so many different uh, perspectives on not only the modernization, but 1071 and just how they do things in general. And so to me that I gained so much uh, insight from that, just learning different perspectives on the different regulations and things like that so that's awesome that there's that community there for whether you're new to the industry you've Mm -hmm. been around for a while there's always still things to learn because regulations are changing there's new ways that people are doing old things which is cool and people that going like going out there and sharing their opinions and best practices on what's worked what are some pitfalls to avoid it's awesome that there's that community of folks that you can get connected with you through Linda or through conferences like the colloquium that we were at. And you brought up a really good point too. It's not like a competition who can comply the best. Like it's a, it's not a fixed by mentality. It's, Hey, we all do this. We do it well. Like it does me no good to not share what's working well, because it's not like 
your bank complies better than I do, then we lose out on something. Like we're all in this together, which is such like, I feel like such a healthy community aspect to have. If I share what's working, it's going to not come back to bite me. It's just going to make us all better. And I would imagine lead to some very cool relationships that you have with your peers in the industry too. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. You talked about Linda, are there any fun either colleagues internally at work or maybe like other people that you've met at other banks across the country that you've met in like the short time that you've been in the space that have taught you some cool things? Oh yeah. I'm Linda's taught me a lot. Um, and then on those ABA calls, they get very lively sometimes. (laughs) And so just, just reading the comment section is always fun and enjoyable to see, you know, how people do things and certain, you know, I, I think we're, I'm lucky that we have a very large CRE team. We're at a lot of banks. They only have, you know, half a person because they have other duties on top of that. And so it's hard for them to be able to do everything uh, that three people do at our bank. I can't can't imagine. And um, just the fact that Oakstar's grown so much over the last few years. And that's why they needed, they added another team member on because it used to be one person that was Robin. And then she Mm -hmm. added two people within the last year. So, um, it's been, it's been fun. I have one of my, one of my friends here locally, uh, also works with CRA. And so I talk to her periodically. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> that works out super doing. well. Um, I'm actually still in my grant writing group because I love to see, uh, the other organizations and be a face for people to talk to and not just yeah. somebody on the other side of a computer, <laughs> you know, if they need assistance with something or, you know, finding uh, financial literacy opportunities that Oakstar can be a part of. Yeah. I could not lead those financial literacy <laughs> uh, topics, but I will find somebody who can, because we have lots of people who are qualified. <laughs> yeah. <do> <laughs> so. <laughs> and I'm sure they appreciate the opportunity too, because by the sometimes half the battle is going out there and actually finding the opportunity. And then, oh, now that I have some place to apply my craft or my best practices, now I can go out there and do it because I already have them, but finding the actual platform to do it, that can sometimes be the toughest part. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. That's great. And it's awesome that you've got some really good connections to help just continue to learn about stuff. And it's awesome that you're still giving back like, through the grant writing community and group that you're a part of too, seeing different ways that you can help. And kind of the last question here is, you know, you were a part of one industry for, for a good while. You went, you switched industries, you're in banking now, still working with nonprofits, community development, just in a little bit different capacity now. I'd be curious from your perspective, what you've gone through and learned about if you have any recommendations for people that might be early on in their careers or switching industries um, based on your journey so far and going through and switching any recommendations or tips that you have for them. Don't be afraid of change. <laughs> Go, I and shooting high. You know, there were several positions that I thought, oh man, I I just don't know if they're gonna you know pick me for an interview because I don't have every single qualification. You know, on this job description, that doesn't matter. 
you don't need not you're not going to know every single thing on a job on the job description that they're asking for but being willing to learn is the biggest is the biggest thing that you can do is and tell them um that's what i've done in the past it's like yeah. hey i don't know this but i'm willing to learn and and willing to ask questions if you're willing to teach me so uh i think i think to me that's how i've gone from so many different types of positions from volunteer coordinator to grant writer to repairs yeah. head engagement and then compliance at a bank i mean i never i never thought that i would be here but i love what i do um and i love the people i work with and i feel like i'm gonna be here for a while so <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, don't be afraid of change and shooting for the stars. And <laughs> well, that's great. That's great advice. That's great advice. And awesome to hear that. That's not just advice that was thrown out there, but like it's actual advice that you took because you went out and did like, you just rattled off like three or four different jobs or careers that you've had doing different things. And there might be some overlaps, but some of them are completely different repairs on a home exteriors. Yeah. That seems way out left field compared to the work that you're doing now, but you've gone through, you've learned about doing all of these things. And I would think when you're thinking about not being afraid of change is realizing like all the stuff that you've done up until this point in time, no one was born to do all these things. There was learning in every job to get you to the point where you're at. So you've already gone through and learned a skill, like who's to stop you from going out there and learning a new one. It's just, and you brought up a good point too, talking with Robin, like, Hey, I don't know banking or compliance. I know what CRA is, but I haven't really done this before. Like being just open and transparent with your boss and colleagues. Like, I don't know this, but I'm willing to learn as long as you can give me the materials to teach me. That's fantastic. And kudos to you for taking the leap. There's people out there that just kind of, they, not there's anything wrong with it, but they start doing one thing and then they do that thing for the rest of time. And some of them because they really like that thing and they find what they love, which is awesome. And some people just are afraid of that change. So good for you and kudos to you for taking the leap of faith and being like, this is change. It's going to shake some things up, but I'm going to do it and give it my best shot. That's cool. Cause not a lot of people do. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's been a, it's been an interesting journey, but <laughs> I love it. And guess what? The bright side is I'm finally using that international business degree that I got. There we go. You know, 10 years ago. So <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought that it'd come in handy a decade later, but here we are, it's been put to good use. Exactly. You know, Excel, well, one thing I can say, Excel was important at every job I ever had. So that was one thing I, that I learned in, in college that I never lost. <laughs> <laughs> True. That sticks with you for the end of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, Kelsey. Well, anything else that you want to chat through here today? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think everybody wants to hear my spiel on Hogwarts Legacy. I'm pretty sure my fiance is playing it in the background right now. I heard him <laughs> banging around out there. <laughs> so do you have different different characters or are you guys sharing like one account that you're going through? Oh, we couldn't share that. No, I was going to say that's, yeah, that, that'd be bold. Yeah, he has that on his PC. Okay. So we bought it for the PC and I have it on Xbox and that's what we both, we each were playing yesterday. Yeah. 
And we were kind of in, we were almost like neck and neck, you know, with where we were at in the game, but he's in a different house than me. So he's getting different challenges at different times. And so that's been kind of fun to watch. Yeah, that's awesome. And (laughs) gets away the whole issue of like, hey, you're using the Xbox. I kind of want to play. You got on two different systems. So you got your bases covered. This is great. Exactly. We don't have to fight over who's playing. No. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, Kelsey, thanks so much for the conversation here today and being a part of this. I think a lot of people are going to get a lot of really good stuff out of it. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me on here. It was fun. Of course. Absolutely. So great to hear from Kelsey. As you can tell, she's done a lot of different things and brings a great energy to her work. Kelsey's recommendation on not being afraid of change and taking a chance is good advice for folks across all walks of life to try something new, and who knows, you might just like it. Thank you very much to Kelsey for taking the time to share your journey. Thank you all for taking the time to listen. Here is Nora by KFK, and I'll see you on the next one.
that you 